Well, Chiefs Kingdom, your Kansas City Chiefs got the dub last night. It was a crazy game, a lot of controversial shit that happened. We're going to go ahead and review it. So with that being said, I'd like to welcome you all to the Kingdom Connect podcast. This is the Kansas City Chiefs Podcast. You're with your host and producer, Eric Lepardis, certified health and performance trainer. Hope Chiefs Kingdom is trying to do somewhat good today. I, I, I know a lot of us are probably still strung up about the game, a little, little emotional still, even though we got the dub, just a lot of controversial shit. Um, and before we get too deep into this episode, I want to take a couple deep breaths And we're recording this episode on Monday, October 11th. Um, the reason why I wanted to take a couple deep breaths is because I'm I'm still a little little amped up about the game. Um, I watched a, a little bit of the film already. Um, not all of it. I'm gonna go back and uh, watch the fourth quarter. I've gone through three quarters and um, a lot of bad football in the very beginning, obviously. Um, but before we get into like you know how I the how I viewed the offense and the defense into the game, I want to go over the controversial shit that happened. Um, and obviously, we'll give our game grade and our game ball out at the end of the episode. And by the way, this is episode thirty-one of the podcast. Um, I just want to say thank you guys for you know tuning in who who's ever taken the time to fully listen to my episodes and you know, really enjoys this podcast. I, I really appreciate y'all so much. Um, Chiefs Kingdom, I, you know, I know you guys are rocking. Um, but yeah, a lot of controversial shit in the game last night. It, it, it was crazy. Um, let's just put it this way with, with the flags that happened in the, the, like the PIs, you know, that was clearly, you know, the first one on, I want to say it was, Fenton, you know, Fenton, yeah, because Fenton, you know, basically backed him out of bounds and was just all over him. Complete mismatch. Um, and we're going to get, you know, more into the defense, obviously. But that was a clear penalty. Can't be mad at that call. The one that I was disagreeing with on was the Jalen Watson one. Now, I do know that he should have turned around. But there should have been a... Uh, basically a personal foul, kind of uh, unnecessary roughness on Adams. Because Adams, like, basically took him and slung him to the ground afterwards. And I don't know if maybe, you know, Jalen jammed him, you know, a little bit and it pissed him off or whatnot. Um, But you can clearly see an aggressive throw by Adams after, you know, pretty much after the flag. So there should have been offsetting penalties at this point. Um. But the biggest culprit of them all, obviously, is the roughing the passer call on Chris Jones. And this isn't the first time we've seen Chris Jones get called for a roughing bullshit call. We all can remember the slap on Tom Brady's shoulder pad in the AFC title game. You know, just just ridiculousness. And I, I don't know what it is. I don't. It, it almost makes it feel like the refs just don't like Chris Jones personally, but we know that's not it. Um, last night was bad. 
that was probably it was one of the worst calls ever to make. I mean, I get it. We're trying to protect the quarterback. But you can't expect a defensive lineman to play that that play. You can't expect him to do that play any different. When you're coming at a player with that momentum and you're a 300-pound large guy, I mean, what did you want him to do? Just wrap him up? I mean, Quarterbacks are going to try to fight out of ta- fight out of uh, tackles. You can't just wrap them up. Sometimes, sometimes you have to just throw them to the ground. You have to get them to the ground, and he didn't throw them to the ground. You know, he fell straight. You know, he fell straight. according to what they explained. They said that he, he he his whole total body weight landed on him. And you know what? Maybe in real time, maybe in real time, it felt like that. Maybe it it, it seemed like that to the refs, but clearly from the the uh, jumbotron. And the TVs, and who you know, obviously whoever's watching at home, we all saw. And I and I wasn't at the game, unfortunately. We 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 were uh, planning on it, but then we decided that we wanted to stay home for the game. Um, but still, it, we all saw it. He landed on the ground. He wrapped him up. He wrapped Car down. Went down. He tried to brace himself with his opposite arm because he knew. He knew. I know he knew. He tried to brace himself so he wouldn't land his total body weight on him. And he even stripped the ball. And that's the one thing that, you know, I've seen a lot of people try to talk about, but not a whole lot of people really focusing on that aspect. You know, I've seen some, but not a whole lot of people that he stripped the ball. You know, and I saw I saw a tweet today and someone said it's hindsight and it is. But what if what if we uh, would have went for the um, what if we would have challenged it? You know, I know it was a penalty, but, you know, what if I, I don't know if we would have been able to. I, I don't know how that sequence or how that situation would have been able to play out. But I could have seen a situation where maybe we Andy just throws a flag and says, look, he fumbled. But then again, I see the refs coming to Andy and say, you can't challenge this play. It was a penalty. But, you know, it, it's 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 it was tough. And that's very, very frustrating as a defensive player all around the league. You obviously saw the uh, the shitty call in Grady Jarrett um, for the uh, Falcons on Brady, you know, and. I know Brady wasn't really trying to be an ass and uh, when he responded and said, well, I don't, you know, I don't throw the flags. I, you know, I throw tablets and I didn't have one available to me. You know, I, I get it. He, and you know, he, it's, he didn't throw, he doesn't throw the flags. Now there has been times where it has looked like Brady has looked, you know, there's been a lot of times where Brady has looked and bitched to the refs or looked at the refs for a flag or they just would throw it in, in general anyways. And he didn't even have to say shit. But the league is trying to favor the quarterback so much. And I get it. I get it. Maybe maybe the Tua thing scared them so much that they just are going to be like, fuck it. We're just going to, you know, anything that seems or looks violent, even though it might not be as violent, but it looked like it in real time, they're probably just going to throw the laundry. Now, there has been a report that has came out today that that the NFL is going to review the roughing the passer call. And they're going to try to make some corrections. And here's my issue with it. This kind of goes back with what Parcells said back in the day about instant replaying. If you're not going to do it consistently for everything, 
then just don't do it at all. You know, and obviously you you can't consistently do it for everything because no one wants to sit for a five hour game and no one wants to watch a six hour game on TV where they're going to have to correct every single call that they make and replay every call that they make just so they can make sure that they, you know, they made it right. Now, what I do hope that they do, and I've seen a lot of it, and Chris Jones even mentioned it in his presser at the end of the game last night, that it, it should be reviewable, reviewable. And I think a lot of people would agree with that. If a roughing the passer, the call is called, it should be a reviewed play to see if it was actually like legitimate, re, legitimately roughing according to the guide, the, the actual legitimate guidelines. Like... It's not like Chris Jones went and suplexed the guy. It's not like Chris Jones went and, you know, just, you know, really, really shoved him to the ground or something like that. And, or even swung him to the ground like that. Not as hard as how that defender threw two to the ground. I mean, even the way that Grady Jarrett wrapped up Brady, it was not even close to the aggressiveness of that, as that defensive lineman from the Bengals wrapping two around and slinging him to the ground like that was not nearly like that. And and that's the problem. You're you're putting these defensive players in bad positions and it's bad football. I understand protect the quarterback. I'm all about protecting the quarterback, but you know what? I I've, I've just said this, you know, you know what? In in practice, you know what you're not allowed to do? Touch the quarterback in general. You're not allowed to hit him, you're not allowed to sack him, you're not allowed to do any of that. If 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 it's going to be like this, you might as well just make it like practice rules. Don't touch the quarterback cuz we're already practicing in practice. They might as well not even allow them to do it. They they might as well at this point, since they're going to call these bullshit roughing calls, they might as well just say, you know what? The quarterback is untouchable, and we're just going to do away with sacks, and the sacks are not going to be a thing. And But, you know, at the end of the day, like, if you did that, then you would have to put you would have to put a time limit. If you did that, you would legitimately have to put a time limit on a passer. He wouldn't be able to hold, the, hold on to the ball or rush, you know, for a certain period of time. You know, that's kind of, you know, how like, you know, you did one Mississippi, two Mississippi when you were playing, you know, uh, two hand touch football, you know, when you had someone, you know, blitz or whatnot, you know, a quarterback can run after so many, you know, second counts and whatnot, you know, or, you know, rusher can rush however many so second counts, you know, it, it, it's it's getting ridiculous, though, it, it it is. And, you know, there was just so many calls, you know, and. I'm not a Raiders fan, obviously, you know, and I'm not sticking up for the Raiders, obviously. But that hold on the on the field goal that that you sh- you don't call that play. I, you know, they make that field goal, and you know what? They're up by one point, two points. I I don't know. I can't remember um, where they were at that point. Um, but they kicked that. You know, they uh they kicked that field goal. Or then, you know, we still have four minutes left to come down and drive and score, you know, for the most part. Obviously, they did it. There was a hold, obviously, automatic first down on us. But I, I don't I can't remember that sequence. I, I'd have to go back that that obviously happened. I haven't gotten to the fourth quarter yet. And that obviously happened during that time. Um, but that was a game, it was a game changing play for them. 
it was it it legitimately was um but at the end of the day you know what what do you want to do you know it, it actually no I I take that back I'm totally screwing up I'm totally screwing up plays we were on the we were the ones kicking a field goal and I'm sorry if I confused y'all and y'all probably were wondering like well what what play is he talking about sorry we were the ones kicking the field goal and they had a holding call on them a defensive hold because you can't yes you can't hold a player you know in way to allow your teammate to rush through the gap easily to to block the field goal you can't do that it's almost like it's almost like a pick play from a receiver in essence because you're basically blocking the defender from being able to you know get into the right spot for coverage or whatever you know but it's, so it's just basically a disadvantage so it was a hold so that and it's they were still technically on defense so it's an automatic first down um and i I don't know if that was a sequence where we had like the you know like the the back to back penalties and then we we were backed up and then um, we end up having to kick like a you know a forty nine or fifty nine yarder I I could be wrong like I said I I was only able to get through three quarters I still need to go over the fourth quarter um, but you know that I I wouldn't have called that so the Raiders kind of got out of luck and you know it benefited us so I'm not going to complain too too much but I think the refs were pretty shook in that game you know I said um you know I said this on Twitter uh because you can it, there was a video that surfaced when Carl Sheffers the ref made this uh try to he was he made a call um and he was his voice started to crack and you can tell that, in my opinion, that's the voice of a nervous person. You can tell he was nervous as hell because they got booed to an eternity. Booed to an eternity. I've been, you know, obviously people who listen to this have probably been to Arrowhead numerous of times. You know how loud that stadium is. I've been in that stadium probably hundreds of times. It felt like numerous of times and it's always loud. And you heard it from the TV. It was, I mean, I was so mad and irritated. You know, I fucking just threw my hands up in the air and I was screaming. It was so bad that my dogs, my dogs got up and walked. They just left. They they just didn't. They were like, we're out of here. But I was screaming at the TV and then just for moments after the play after the call was made i mean they were booed to an attorney they booed all the way till halftime they did they booed all the way till halftime you know it, it, it was and i i and i almost wonder if he made that 59 yarder before the before i almost i want to say he made the 59 yarder before half it's I'm losing, you know, when I when I go through the all 22 and when I see the all 22, I, I'm not really a, a play by play memorizer like a lot of these guys are out here. But, you know, I want to say that was right before half when we uh, when we kicked that 59 yarder because, you know, we we made it. We still, you know, and they, you know, we were happy and then we, you know, but we were booing. And if I'm wrong on that, I'll have to go back and relook. But I want to say that was the play right then and there. Um, and we still booed 
you know, I mean, right before half. Now, obviously, I didn't agree with the fans throwing shit at the Raiders players. Come on, Chiefs Kingdom, you're better than that. I understand you were pissed. You don't do that. And for the ones who were screaming the uh, N-word at, you know, the Raiders players leaving, fuck you. I'm going to go ahead and say that right now. That's fucking disgusting. Uh, you don't do that. It's racist bullshit. You know, I, I, I can't say I'm not surprised. Um, but I, I want better. You, you don't do that. They're the opponent. They're a big rival. You just don't do that shit. I know I kind of veered off into this little topic, but I was trying to remember if that kick had happened, uh, after the third quarter had already started or if that had went into halftime, like, and I wasn't really watching every play. I had skimmed through a lot of the plays. I, I really was watching a lot of the first half def- defensive sequences mainly just because of I was mainly uh, watching the pass rush, and we're going to get into that um, when I get to the defense. Um, but, yeah, you, you just you don't do that to the players, you know, fans. You just don't. And, obviously, we all saw Devontae Adams shove a camera guy um, at the end of the game. Fuck him for that. You don't do that. I get you're frustrated, dude, but that dude, that dude walked in front of you. Yeah, he walked in front of you, and he was at, you know, happened to be at the in – your, in your viewpoint, the wrong place at the wrong time, you know – but you can clearly see the angles. He wasn't like looking at Devonte Adams and like trying to walk in front of him in, in an ill will intent. He was just walking, you know, probably not even, you know, probably in La La Land, just walking normal. And Devonte Adams just sees him, shoves him out the way, and dude falls down. Obviously, it's been reported. He's filed a police report. You know, said that he had to go to the hospital. I don't know what what injuries he sustained if he did sustain any any injuries clear cut is he's gonna be getting some money here coming his way here pretty soon and that's honestly Devonte adams's fault because you should have known and you should have been the big better person you shouldn't have done that shit you're a dumbass for doing that and you put yourself in that predicament and that's not even me saying that shit because you're a raider and you know and saying you know and i we played against you and stuff but it's more because of just the decency as a human being and morality and you being a professional athlete. Now, from a funny perspective and totally trying to be, you know, look at kind of the comical part of it, Fan kind of, in his perspective, was at the right place at the right time. Because now he's got money coming his way because he's filed police report. Obviously, Devontae Adams is probably going to pay a fine to the league, serve some suspensions, serve a suspension. I think personally, I think a game would do, but whatever the league gives them is whatever the league gives them. And we shouldn't be shocked. The league has been up and down on their game suspensions and this and that. Um, but he's going to be paying that guy some money, and that's what's going to happen. And at the end of the day, can I really blame the guy for trying to get a paycheck out of a, a professional athlete? I mean, hell, it's just called playing the system. It fucking happens. Um, but, yeah, just so much shit happened in that game. I mean, and, you know, Max Crosby and Mahomes getting in, get into it. You know, Andy Reid getting into it with the refs, screaming at the refs because of the bullshit call. And then on top of that, he still wasn't done right before halftime. He still let the um, he still let him have it. 
he still let him have it. Um, and I know uh, Wright, our kicker, back on the whole field goal thing. You know, I know he missed he missed a PAT and a field goal. Um, and that's why I think, you know, he and I want to say that one, you know, obviously the one he missed was when the penalty happened, which is what gave us the automatic first down because we were all pissed off that he fucking missed the field goal. Um, but anyways, uh, yeah, just, just so much controversial bullshit. And I felt, again, I feel bad for Chris Jones. The guy's a beast. A lot of these defensive players are beasts out here. You know, I I don't know how many roughing calls uh, Donald's had called on him in games, you know, but I, I don't think, I don't think he's ever made a sack like that and he's ever been penalized. Um, and, and this is the problem that I have with a lot of the refereeing and I try not to put so much emphasis on refereeing because it it is, it's, it referee, you can't control that. But what I've always felt like refereeing needs to be, it needs to be objective. They need to follow the objective, the objective rules, but they cannot they, they but what we're seeing from a lot of referees we're we're seeing subjective calls and that's and that's not right you can't make these things subjective you know if you have bill vinovich's crew out here working and you know um chris jones makes that sack and he doesn't call nothing but then yet you got Bill, you got a uh, Carl Sheffer's crew, and Jones makes that sack, and they're calling something. That that's this is the this is the problem that we as fans have issues with refereeing is because there's an inconsistency, and there needs to be more accountability. Now, I don't maybe there is maybe there's fines that do get get handed out to the refereeing crews or teams or whatever. You know, maybe they get told that hey, we're gonna take your refereeing crew off some games. You won't be playing. You won't be reffing some games for you know for at least a, you know a month or you know a couple of weeks, kind of like a suspension. But we never hear about it, and we won't. And maybe they don't ever do that because at the end of the day, at the end of the day, they're gonna be like, well, the refs, the ref at the end of the day is the one who has control of the game, and and they do. But you you can't make calls like that that dictate games. You just can't. They they they're big calls like that are big momentum shifters. Big momentum shifters. Now, um, and now, and obviously, you know, you, and again, you see him Mahomes getting thrown to the ground by Crosby. He's a big guy. Mahomes is a big guy, so he's going to have to get taken down a little bit harder. You know, and, and nothing called. And, you know, when Crosby's getting into Mahomes' face, and it's like, and then nothing is called. You know, and then you got, you know, obviously Mahomes is fired up on the sideline screaming at Crosby saying, I got, you know, I'm here. I got you. I'm here. I'm here. And Andy having to calm him down. You know, that was, Mahomes was pissed. You know, Mahomes was pissed. Andy was, I mean, not Andy, Travis was pissed too. You, you saw it. He was getting on to the players as well. He was yelling at the players and, Pat, you know, Pat was getting on to the players in the beginning. You know, because we were, we were not up to our best. Um, I'm just trying to, you know, right now I'm trying to think of, is there anything I want to, oh, obviously the, uh, Devontae Adams catch at the end that pretty much was kind of the nail in the coffin, uh, for the Raiders, the moment that they, you know, 
didn't have that, you know, that call uh, given to them. And, you know, and it it was the right call. It was. I mean, Devontae Adams, he caught it with one hand. He caught it with one hand, but he didn't he didn't have control. You have to have control in one hand. And when you have control in one hand, that's if you're palming it in a certain way and you have your uh, you have your um, uh, uh, um, sorry, uh, your uh, your wrist uh, supinated and and uh, it's gripping the ball very tight. And you're hooking it, you know, and if you're able to cradle it and pull it closely, then that's controlled. But he had grabbed it with one hand and it bounced a little bit and he was bringing it in with two. He was bringing it in with two to try to control it with two. So in that whole sequence, there was no legitimate control of the ball. It's not like he caught it with. And some dude tried to say, "Oh well, if you're gonna say, oh well, he needs that. He can have one hand control or whatever." OBJ or o- Odell Beckham Jr. had a one hand catch like that. Yeah, but if you remember that play when Odell Beckham caught it, he supinated his hand, basically the same as kind of cr- uh, cradling it. In the moment before he hit the ground, he cradled it to his fucking chest. Control, like I said, Devontae Adams. Caught it with one hand, it was bobbling, and he was bringing it to his other one. But at the by the time he fully controlled, he was already out of bounds. His legs were his other leg was already hitting out of bounds. Yeah, he skidded both feet, but the ball was moving at so many different variations at that point. No control, no control of the ball. And honestly, for that side judge to see that in real time, that was crazy. Glad that they're able to review plays like that, but guess what? We're not going to review bogus roughing calls. Obviously, that play negated uh, the you know negated the uh, the first down play for Devontae Adams, and um, then then the the next following play is fourth and fourth and one again, or fourth and yeah, it's fourth and one again, um, because it was obviously incomplete and. They basically threw, which I don't know why, they just didn't run the ball with fucking uh, Josh Jacobs, who had over 150 on the ground. Um, I don't get why they just didn't run it for the first down, and they called a pass play. Um, And it it, it was a play that obviously seemed to take some time to develop. Um, And then you saw Renfro and Adams run into each other. Both fell to the ground. No one in sight for the ball. Ball's incomplete game is over Chiefs win now all the controversies done I'm done talking about it um, obviously we'll find out more news as the week goes on with it um, if I hear anything we'll obviously try to keep you updated on some posts um, and then obviously when we get our uh, pre our preview episode because it's Bill's week on our next next episode um, obviously we'll talk about it more then so Let's obviously get on to the uh, offense. And, oh, before all that, I want to go ahead and just, let's just do the game grade and game ball right now before I forget. So the game grade, I'm going to go ahead and give it a solid B. Uh, it was shaky throughout the game. We obviously got the win, so that counts for a lot. 
uh, came back in, you know, pretty much Chiefs fashion. Um, and it was nice seeing Mahomes throw four touchdowns um, in the re- you know in the end zone to Kelsey, um, but obviously there was a lot of mistakes that happened in that game. A lot of mistakes, a lot of football that they need to clean up. Um, we're in October football, so you know obviously game. I mean, game all games are important, but it's it's really starting to get serious, um, really really serious now, uh, especially next week. I mean. Like I said, going up against the Bills, or this Sunday, I should say. But, so yeah, you know, Mahomes, Mahomes, you know, he he showed who he was. I think he, you know, I, I know there's uh, other players in front of him who are leading in yards. I think he's still leading the league. I believe he's still leading the league in touchdown passes. Um, and he only has two interceptions of the year. If he continues at this rate and he still has, you know, 4,700 yards plus, let's just say, get oh, he gets over 50 touchdowns, um, high completion percentage, high QBR, some rush yards in there, maybe a couple rush touchdowns. You could see another MVP season from Mr. Patrick Mahomes. Now, do I, would I rather see a Super Bowl MVP? For sure. If I, I will take those over regular season MVP rewards any day of the week. Um, but obviously Mahomes is him. Uh, there was some shakiness in the beginning. Uh, still, There's still not true connection with the receivers yet, like like consistent connection. You know, you, you'll have one game where there's, you know, Juju will get a lot of catches for the most part, and then one game where they probably all won't, and it'll just be Kelsey – um, and then you'll see just the running back, running backs. They're just there's, and then obviously MVS had a game, um, and then Hardman put in some work as well today. But we we don't have that really true go to guy outside of Kelsey like we did with Tyree Kill, and that's and that's okay because you know I I think we as Chiefs fans kind of are starting to kind of have still an expectation that this team is supposed to be. You know, super, super crazy bad, you know, high, you know, high score and high fly. And we, we are. We're still putting up, you know, uh, one of the most points in the league as an offense. Um, but it's just it's just coming from different ways. It's it's guys. This is Alex Smith all over again. Remember how touchdowns came? They weren't always the prettiest. You know, but they came in multiple different ways. It came from short yardage. It came from maybe a couple deep balls. It came from, you know, certain zone runs or power runs and stuff like that. A very balanced West Coast offense. Obviously, we're going to mix in the, uh, you know, and like Andy runs concepts. He doesn't run just straight routes, you know, and there's obviously we mix it up, you know, still mix it up and shit, but. Um, you know, we're starting to see obviously the the more simpler playbook, you know, easy plays to matriculate down the field and work the field. Uh and and that's it's working, you know, cuz Mahomes is a smart quarterback, you know. He he's not dumb. You know, I I know we gave him, you know, I know the 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 saying was that he was going to struggle, but where has he struggled at? nowhere he hasn't struggled anywhere because he's he's the fucking greatest he he's the best quarterback in the league and no one's on his no one is touching him no one's on you know no one's playing at you know at at that kind of level like i i get you know well josh allen he's playing at a very high level right now but you can see 
certain things that Josh Allen does and you're like, okay, man, like, bro, this is, this is like rookie Josh Allen. Like, were you just throwing the ball, like out in the stadium, you know, it's, um, it's kind of crazy to watch. And, you know, we as Chiefs Kingdom should be very, very grateful to have Patrick Mahomes as a quarterback. Um, our running backs and I really do like the you know I do really like how he got back in Crosby's face and how they were just talking trash to each other they're friends you know it, it's just the competitiveness of sport rivalry Crosby was getting after him you know Mahomes ate a few sacks but you know at the same time it's kind of kind of him involving whereas he's just not just throwing the ball up in the air and kind of hoping you know into Tyreek and hoping that Tyreek makes a play and I'm not saying he just was reckless or careless with the ball that's not what I'm saying at all but you, you saw it you saw there were times where you know he would rather get rid of the ball and to you know try to give someone a chance instead of just sometimes you know taking the sack instead of throwing it into like double or triple coverage um and you know that's okay. Now our offensive line needs to obviously do a better job blocking, especially from the tackles. You know, God, Orlando Brown, dude. I've tried. I, I've given you praise all off season. Obviously, I was a little upset that you didn't sign the contract, but I was understanding. I was understanding about you wanting to get your money and you betting on yourself. You know, but. We're going into week six, dude, and you have struggled. You have. You have shown some flash in 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 certain plays. I can tell you right now, most of them were run plays, but in pass blocking, man, you were struggling. I mean, I, I'll give you. I I, I want to give him a pass because you know, in 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 ways, because he was going up against Chandler Jones. You know, I feel like the oh, there's only one guy that probably could handle Chandler Jones at a consistent level, high level like that, and that would be Trent Williams. Well, and Orlando Brown is no Trent Williams, and we all know that. Uh, but Orlando Brown struggled. And then on top of that, you got Max Crosby on the other end, who's a better player at the moment than Chandler Jones in career-wise right now, and he was kicking Wiley's ass the entire night. Now... There was adjustments made. Some of our running backs missed the block. You know, I I, I think Keith, I think one of them was Pacheco who missed the block. Uh, Clyde missed one of his blocks too. You know, to help with you know kind of the chipping. But we started seeing that extra tight end help when they started getting into you know eleven and twelve personnel. You started seeing the extra the you know this the double teams more, and that was the adjustment that we made because. You should know that you, when you're going up against a tough pass rush, especially elite elite uh, edge rushers, you have to give your tackles help. The ones that you know are not that struggle with speed, that struggle with speed to power, and it it was it was hard to see Mahomes get sacked like that. It was hard, but it happens. Like I said, I was kind of happy that you know he took the sack mainly more than he just was just throw the ball into, you know, harm's way. But again, the offensive line's got to be better. I don't know if this not having Trey Smith out there if maybe lost their edge or their nastiness and because that 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 energy feeds off of, you know, feeds off on everybody. And um I don't know if maybe they just not having him in the folds, 
you know, was what made that, oh, excuse me, which what made that, you know, that offensive line, you know, not block as hard in the beginning. Now, when they started doing more downhill uh, runs with McKinnon, and obviously McKinnon was a hotter back, and I've said this, I think when you see, when you're one of your, when you, if you're doing a running back by committee, the best way to do a running back by committee is run with everybody just to see who's hot, who's going to have the hot hand. Um, and then when you, when one, when one of them wants to earn, wants to, uh, prove it and get them and, and get the momentum all on their side and they start balling out, then you need to keep playing that guy and basically maybe only get the other guys in on third, certain third downs and whatnot, but you have to play the workhorsing back that's running the hardest that day. If you're going to run a true running back by committee, this is why I've always hated running back by committee by Andy Reid because you know what? You don't even like running the ball like that anyways. You don't give your running backs a chance. Now, McKinnon had great plays and great runs, but I wanted to keep feeding it. You saw Joe Tooney. He was like, let's keep this shit rolling. Let's keep running the goddamn ball. Stop fucking passing right now. You know, obviously, you know, it, it worked out with the passing touchdowns to Kelsey. Um, but I, I, we need this line to block a little, be a little bit better, more consistent at blocking, um, especially at the tackle spot. I'm not worried about Joe Tooney. I'm not worried about Creed Humphrey, and I'm not worried about Trey Smith. Obviously, Trey Smith's out and hurt right now at the pec injury. Um, and I just, you know, I hope it was just kind of a one game rest thing where we just like, Hey, it's October football. We're not going to rush it back anytime soon. And Allegretti's a decent backup. He's a good backup to have. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously a full-time starter. Um, but the, um, yeah, it, it, the running backs, Clyde was, you know, really good in the past game. Obviously, the confusion where Mahomes got it out real quick and it just hit him in the back and the head and he wasn't really paying attention um, or face mask, whichever it was. And, you know, that's frustrating because it's like, dude, like, you need to pay attention. And it almost felt like my KU game that happened uh, on Saturday uh, with, you know, the, uh, Bean had, I think it was Bean and he went to go throw the, uh, running back and the running back would have had all day vision to score and he overthrew him a little bit. Um, and it, it was kind of, you know, again, a clear as day type of situation, uh, for Clyde, at least it felt like it, it was a nice, you know, little shoot route and he, he got out in space really good and Mahomes just missed him and he just missed Mahomes. Now, Obviously, we're going to get into receiving core. And, uh, oh, by the way, Pacheco didn't only had one carry. And I almost wonder if he, you know, you know, he failed on his blocking assignment and then they just didn't really do much on that run. And they were just like, yep, you're done for the night. You know, and maybe he was just in the doghouse because you didn't see much of Pacheco at that point. Um, It was just pretty much all McKinnon and Clyde and. Um, but yeah, you know, at the end of the day, I think, oh, sorry, I don't know why I'm yawning so much. I apologize. Um, I think, you know, the chiefs, as far as offense goes, you know, they, they held in there, the receiving core MVS had a day, uh, 90 yards. Let me, let me see how much receptions he had. He had. 
six receptions on eight targets for 90 yards. And that's a good day for MVS, especially, you know, being in this offense and this only being week five. Um, we've been kind of waiting for one of these receivers to kind of, you know, have like a big, big day. Juju's already had, you know, a 90-yard game, and I, you know, before. I don't think he's had a 100-yard yet. Um, I'm not going to go back and look at his other stats of the game. I don't think he has yet. Um, Har- Harmon had some crucial catches uh, that were, you know, some deep balls uh, that were extended plays, and those were good. Obviously, there was one play where, you know, he was hobbling off out of bounds. You can obviously tell that his heel isn't, you know, feeling all right. But he came right back in and had another catch. Uh, The only one that I was kind of really like, ah, man, it was the last play uh, right before the Raiders got the ball back. Um, And Mahomes tried to, you know, find him because they blitzed him and he threw it up. And it was you had the you had the matchup and Harmon beat him. He just. Doing what Harmon always does, stopping on the play, you know, and that's just what he does. Um, but for the most part, you know, Juju, you know, he had some receptions himself. I'm going to look up how many he had. Uh, I want to say he had about um, – Juju had uh, – he had three he had three receptions but they were only for 33 yards but in his average was 11 you know 11 yards per attempt and obviously uh Marquez was 15 and Harmon's was 18.2 and that was obviously based off of you know the air yards and you know how Mahomes was dishing it out too and you know Kelsey at 3.6 because all of Kelsey's touchdowns and all his catches came mostly from the goal line and short yardage um, and obviously his, all his touchdowns came when we were in the goal line, and that's just what it was. Only 25 yards uh, for Kelsey, but four touchdowns for him. Obviously a good day for Kelsey. And um, when Mahomes threw that fourth touchdown, he had surpassed uh, Troy Aikman in touchdown passes. Um, but obviously with Aikman being the guy that he's always been, refusing to acknowledge any young quarterback you know somewhat being you know not somewhat fully being better than him but he not wanting to you know and I think maybe he might be salty based off people how they were coming at him about Mahomes before we had won the Super Bowl because y'all remember that comment he made he said that oh well until Mahomes wins a third of my Super Bowls then he can come talk to me well then we end up winning that Super Bowl that year which means that Mahomes won one and so he won a third of your Super Bowl Super Bowls and um and yet when you can tell that when Mahomes does something good it's like you can tell it's very hard for him to say good things it's it's hard it really is like it's hard for him to say good things about the team like it and when he does it's like I don't want to say it's half-assed but it's one of those things where he still tries to like not back it's like almost like a backhand compliment in in a way and I don't know what it is but he they just didn't acknowledge it he didn't get they didn't acknowledge the fact that he got passed up yesterday and you would have thought and uh, I, I almost wonder if him and Buck had a conversation before it happened, or maybe he told production like, "Hey, we're I know Mahomes is probably going to pass me up in touchdowns tonight, but we're not going to acknowledge 
how many games he did it in and compared to me. I don't think that's fair to me, blah, 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 blah. That's trying to make me look like I'm not good. And, you know, and I can just see a situation like that. Troy Aikman's too full of himself to to really think that, you know, to, to, to think that way. Obviously, we all know Troy Aikman was not a reason, that any reason why they won those Super Bowls. He was a decent quarterback, you know, but he, in a, a, you know, a game-managing game, game managing quarterback, good game-managing quarterback, but he was no all-world, you know, breaker. He had a, a, a massive offensive line who were just moved everybody with gaping holes for Emmett Smith to run through, and they had a defense with, a, with a, a, I forget their pass rusher they had was really good, but then they had a linebacker that was good, and they obviously had prime time in the secondary. So let's just call it what it is. Um, but, yeah, that was kind of bogus that they didn't, you know, acknowledge uh, Mahomes surpassing him, but we all did for sure. Um uh, want to say uh, Clyde was a you know I, I mentioned this a little bit already that you know in the past game you know he 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 looked good um and I I think he's better at that let's just be real I I think he's a better pass catcher than he is a runner you will see flashes every now and then if he has a good run game but that don't happen every game and he's not consistent when he's more consistent in the pass game and pass protection than he than he really is at running the ball in between the tackles. Um, McKinnon, McKinnon's got quick feet, man. McKinnon was the hot back last night, and I, I keep saying this. You got to keep feeding the hotter back. Always feed the hotter back. Uh, Sky Moore, uh, Sky Moore, you know, he had his day. Uh, can't complain, you know, about that. Well, I wouldn't say, you know, he had a day-day, like as far as like ripping off so many yards. But, you know, you saw a little bit more flash. Had two 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 receptions for 15 yards. He was moving the ball. Still a little sketched out about him being on, you know, punt returns. But I just don't think he's going to lose that spot anytime soon until McDuffie comes back. You know, maybe they keep McDuffie back there when he does. Problem is, I just don't want McDuffie getting hurt since he's already been hurt, um, you know, so far in the beginning of the season. Um, Like I said, Watson had one reception for 10 yards. Gray had one reception for seven. Uh, McKinnon had two for 19. Um, I'm just, you know, Kelsey, man, he's just the fucking, he's the best, dude. And he's the greatest tight end, if not one of the greatest tight ends of all time. You know, Tony, Tony Gonzalez, I still think is pretty much kind of the GOAT because longevity and, you know, as far as like records wise, um, you know, because he still holds like the yards and the touchdowns and this and that. Um, but, you know, Kelsey, Kelsey is closing in on, you know, that I will say this, we as Kansas City Chiefs fans, we are very, very lucky to say that we have had the two of the greatest tight ends to ever step foot on the field when, especially when, when Kelsey calls it a career, I don't give a fuck what I know. A lot of people out there hate Tony Gonzalez for whatever fucking reason. He's still a Kansas City Chief. For life, he's in the ring of honor. He obviously, you know, he was part of some teams that we probably thought were good enough to win the Super Bowl. He was a great player, an amazing player. Sometimes, sometimes players say things that they don't always mean. You know, take it however you want it, but at the same time, he's still one of the greatest to ever play the game. So, um, 
he uh you know he he did he did very well uh kelsey wise and i'm you know i'm I'm pretty excited you know about what's going to happen moving forward the offense obviously mahomes i'm not mahomes andy getting deeper into his playbook uh i you're just seeing more balance and that's and that's what i like i like seeing the balance i still like seeing some of the creativity when we can do it that shovel pass inside, I, I really feel like that's kind of a figured out play at this point, um, especially from us. It, 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 it when I, I think the, the only time I really see it work is in the fucking preseason, you know, and maybe in the first game of the year. But that that play has kind of been shut down a lot, and you're starting to see a lot of teams mimic it. And either a they're just not doing it correctly, or um, you know b they're um either or be they're uh it's just it's just the uh, figured out play um that's pretty much sums up the offense you know i i can't complain from Mahomes line probably needs to do a lot better on uh, pass protection especially from the tackle spot uh running backs ran hard for the most part uh especially mckinnon uh i, I know i already mentioned this but pacheco i really feel like he was in the doghouse um and I, I I almost wonder if EB was on the sideline ripping him. I I I almost I almost wonder if he was, you know, ripping him and getting into them a little bit, you know, in the beginning, kind of fire him up, um, because that's what you know that's the kind of coach he is, and it, it sure did because obviously you saw the adjustments that were made offensively, and we were just moving the ball, moving the ball down the field. Some mistakes here and there, but moving the ball down the field is for the most part. All right, now let's hop over to the defense. Um, defense, ugh, it was shaky, very, very shaky. Um, I, I, I'm starting to wonder, and um, it's it's came out that uh, Turk Wharton has torn his ACL. I know most of you guys probably know that by now. It's unfortunate. That's probably the major injury that's came out of this game. Obviously, they lost Darren Waller. Um, but I, I think for the most part, our defense – before I get too deep into the defense, I wanted to say this about the Raiders. The Raiders' defense going up against our offense, you know, they had some flash out, you know, outside of uh, Crosby and um, – they had some flash outside of Crosby and uh, Jones, but at the most part, you just started seeing us pick them apart. And then when they made those adjustments to chip and have double teams on Crosby and Jones, and they weren't doing much at that point, I mean, it was clear evident that we were just going to march down the field and just and just score. And that was that was awesome you know it's you obviously know it's never in doubt with Kansas City Chiefs uh for the most part we can down any score at any time um so yeah onto the defense officially onto the defense I I'm still not I'm still not comfortable with how our our pass rush is not fully getting home you saw some flash obviously Chris Jones got his taken away. Um, there was that half sack in the beginning with Clark and uh, 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 George Karloftis. Uh, Darius Harris had a sack, but that came off of a blitz, and it was a little bit of a delayed blitz. 
Um, well, not really. He just kind of stutter stepped a little bit, and then he went. Um, but for the most part, you know, defense was fast and flying around. Guys weren't really afraid to tackle, but they were just missing Josh Jacobs left and right. Josh Jacobs ran with the purpose last night. He did, and that offensive line seemed like they wanted to a little impose their will a little bit. Um, we shut him down on some plays. There were some plays where it's like, all right, you're not getting nowhere. Um, but he had 150 on the ground, had a, a one rushing touchdown, but we did stop him on that two point conversion when, uh, you know, I, say what you want. That was probably, that was, that was the smart play on McDaniels. I know a lot of Raiders fans and probably some Chiefs fans are like, why are you calling that a smart play when it, you know, it, wouldn't have benefited us if they would have scored. I'm just looking at it from a analytical, and I'm not trying to put too much in that emphasis and the analytics of the game, but that's a situational. Uh, that's a situational thing. Um, at the end of the day, when you're playing against the Kansas City Chiefs and knowing what type of team they are, and that's this is me being honest as a Chiefs fan, knowing who our team is. When you're playing against them, you have to go for it on fourth down. You have to go on four on fourth down sometimes, and you're gonna have to go for it on a two point conversion. So I don't, I'm not mad at them for trying to take the lead over us, um, but our defense stopped it. They stopped it. They they were able to get him short. His knee was down, um, but our pass rush needs to get home more. They do. We need more sacks. We need more turnovers. That's what we really need is 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 more interceptions. Um, we, we get, we, we force fumbles and we have fumble recoveries, but we need more picks. Um, as far as, uh, tackle leaders go, Darius Harris, he was all over the field at 10 of the night. Nick had nine Snead had seven. It seems like Bolton and Snead are kind of the guys who just kind of like just all over the field, just hitting people. Harris has been, I will say this, Harris has been a great, a great, great, uh, substitution for Willie Gay since he's been suspended. It's great substitution. Coverage isn't all all there, but the guy flies to the ball and he wraps up and he makes tackles. And I will say this, Brendan Daly, you I'm not saying you were a bad defensive line coach cuz you you know, obviously I know he's trying to be a D coordinator uh and obviously you kind of you it's kind of probably best for you to coach every every position on the defense or have experience so you kind of know where you how you want your players to play and how and how you want how how you want to build your scheme and stuff so I, I I think you know with him moving to the linebacking core it was probably the best thing for him and moving Joe Colin to the defensive line was probably best for the defensive line because our pressures pressures are out of this world we're pressuring the quarterback like crazy I mean that's that's basically how Spags' defense is built off. You know how to do is to pressure the quarterback and make him uncomfortable. Um, but we obviously we want sacks, and we all know that that's that's very important because those are the things that you know kill drives, take away certain plays. You know, get tackle essentially tackle them in the backfield for a loss. That you know, for longer down and distances. Um, and it obviously makes the quarterback more uncomfortable. So, you know, at the same time, it, it's one of those things that, uh, you know, I, I just think we need to get home more. It, we just we just do. Um, 
But Nick Bolton, dude, he's so good. He's flying around. I, 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 we should be happy that we have four linebackers that are good. Because look what we've dealt with over the last years. We dealt with Anthony Hitchens. I know people want to say, oh, well, he was a leader and, you know, and this and that. I don't care. Fuck the leadership thing. Fuck knowing the playbook. I I I give I gave him the benefit of the doubt one time, and then the moment that I the moment that I saw this man drop into coverage when the Bills ran an inside zone play and he ran away from the play, I was done with him. So and I should have been already done with them already previously that anyways. But he, we had Anthony Hitchens who was slow. Um, we had Ben Neiman who was slow, who was still missing tackles up in Arizona. Um, and you know, and obviously Sorensen was, was listed as a safety, but he played a lot in the box. So I'm going to consider him part of that linebacking core as well. And he obviously dealt with his shenanigans. Um, and then Reggie Raglan, eh, Reggie Raglan showed some flash every, every now and then, but he was still lumped in one of those bad linebacker play. Um, just more of a old school run thumper in my opinion, but, uh, you know, and, and we had Damian Wilson for a couple years. Um, speaking of him, he's, I feel bad for the guy. Dude's lost both his head coaches in two years and lost him when he was with the Jags and then now with the, uh, Panthers. Um, but anyways, you know, he was a decent linebacker, but he wasn't like all world all anyways. And, um, so right now with Nick Bolton being who he is and obviously having the athleticism, the freakish explosion of Willie Gay, and then, and then obviously the technicality from Darius Harris. And, you know, I, I know we're not really seeing, a you know, Leo Chanel's getting a lot of snaps. He's getting a lot more snaps than he has been in the last few games. You know, we ran a lot of base last night with three linebackers because they were running the ball a lot. Um, Leo's doing okay. He's doing his job for the most part. He's blowing plays up. He's, you know, we're not seeing crazy, crazy ass shit happening because again, Spags is not gonna Spags is not gonna try to throw a lot at a rookie linebacker, um, especially one that you're just trying to play a lot as the Sam role or as for now. Um, it's not like you're it's not like he's the Mike or, you know, the Will or the Buck or whatever. Um so, you know, Leo's doing his job when when he's when he's given the opportunity, he's just blowing plays up, using his, you know, his power, his strength, move linemen around, and Nick and Darius are flying to the ball, LJ Sneed's flying to the ball. I was hoping that we were going to send him on a corner blitz, but I felt like you 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 don't want to do that every week because then, you know, teams are going to really start figuring that out. They're going to start figuring out tendencies and seeing your feet and how you you know how you're playing, if you're playing off a little bit or you're coming down more to, towards a line of scrimmage and how your your stance is to see, you know, if you're going to do that. So if you can kind of back off on the nickel blitzes for at least a couple of games and stuff, you know, maybe maybe you'll still throw the team off um whenever you do decide to run it. All right, back to the complaining part, or on to a complaining part, I should say. Fenton should have never been on Devontae Adams. This was a spag special, at least far as like putting corners back, corners on guys that you know that they can't cover. And, you know, at this point, yeah, you want to be mad at Fenton. But at the same time, it's like Fenton. Fenton was on. Fenton was, you know, 
he was mismatched. He was out, you know, outpowered by um, Devontae Adams. That first play was ugly. Devontae just beat him, beat him pretty much with just excellent route running and just being Devontae Adams. And, you know, Fenton was just in no man's land and just was chasing at that point. And then obviously you saw the aggressive penalty on him. It was a good call on him, but you just pissed that it happened because you know it was Fenton at the end of the day. And that's the thing we see about Fenton. Fenton's a very, very aggressive corner, and that's just who he is. And I know they like that, but it it, it, it can cost you, and it has. It has cost you on some plays. Um, obviously, you know, they made that change real quick, and they made Jalen Watson, Jordan Williams, and Snead kind of take – uh, you know, Devontae Adams. And when Snead was on Devontae, you didn't see you didn't see Devontae going anywhere. But the problem is Spags Spags does not want to leave Snead on Devontae because he wants to be able to utilize Snead in other places. And I get that, but and maybe he want maybe it's maybe it was good enough it was good for Jalen to take over Devontae and just kind of stick with him. And he he played him good in a lot of snaps, but you can tell that there was like, all right, well, yeah, he's he's getting shitted on. You know, he's a rookie getting shitted on by Devontae Adams. And uh obviously the you know the the play that you know Carr threw, you know, to him in the uh, the fir- in the first half in the end zone and you know, he basically, uh, obviously, oh, Jalen Watson didn't turn around and try to play the ball, but he wasn't, you know, he kind of threw his hands up in the air and wasn't really like grabbing, you know, or really grabbing or trying to really, you know, hurt, you know, interfere with the receiver, although he, you know, he did interfere. But the the problem, like I said earlier in this episode was Devonta Adams with the excessive unnecessary uh, roughness afterwards were slinging him down which could have been like I said a negated pe- negated penalty but Jalen Watson he, you know he kept his head up high he wasn't you know just letting him let Devonte beating him left and right and you know they were just moving guys around thing about Fenton is that I we all know he's a better slot corner just based off of his build and who he is but the problem is they just they they want to leave him on an island too much and he's just he that's that's setting him up for failure it really is um but we i i would have loved to see Sneed just kind of stick with him for the whole game especially if you just weren't going to blitz Sneed like that anyways um and maybe they I I think they did on like you know when they were rushing when they were overloading and rushing on from one other side but you know again we weren't really getting home like that we we were just getting pressure and QB hits um obviously that one play that you we all saw with uh Devonte Adams you know catching it in the end zone that last touchdown that Carr threw to him that that was a prayer throw. I mean, Carr Carr got hit and he just threw the ball up in the air into double coverage. Devontae Adams just being who he is caught it and he so happened to caught it, catch it over uh, Cook and uh, want to say Watson. Either Cook, either Cook Watson, or I'd have to say it was either Watson or Williams, but I I believe it was Watson. Um, Watson basically kind of got beat already and cook cook was the over the top safety with help, you know, and just Devonte just kind of got past him just a, just a little bit more. And I mean, they both, they both jumped 
for the ball. Just Devontae Adams just being who being the best probably the best receiver playing in the game. Um but yeah, it 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 was uh you know that happened and it, it was stressful. This whole game was very stressful. You know, I I thought it was gonna be an ass kicking. I thought we were gonna go in there and you know at home and just you know, defend our turf the way we, you know, we should have and just just blow them out of the water like we've always done like the last two years. Well, last year we were blessed with uh, Gus Bradley being stubborn and throwing a, a deep cover, throwing cover three after cover three after cover three out there with single high. That's why we blew them out. Obviously, Gus had learned from his mistakes, ran cover four. What we saw a lot last night was a lot of cover six. Um, this is where you get more exotic. I'm not going to get too much into the explanation of that. Um, if you want to look it up, look it up or go listen to the lab guys. They get more deeply into the, into the, uh, coverages based. Um, they ran a lot more cover six. They, they, they ran some cover three, maybe with a single high, but, um, in some single high disguises, but you know, it was either cover two, cover six, um and maybe a little bit of cover three but barely you know and when they blitzed you know there Mahomes Mahomes couldn't Mahomes threw the ball he was getting rid of it but again we we don't have an all-world you know beater as far as like a guy who could just really really get over the top like Tyreek Hill did so Mahomes can just chuck the ball in the air to him um more onto the defense uh, I know that one play where Reed uh, ran down and ran over, uh, or Reed, uh, Josh Jacobs came down and ran, ran, yeah, ran over Justin Reed. Um, but at the same time, he saved, he saved a touchdown. It, it looked, it looked worse at, at the impact. Probably wasn't as bad as it was because of Justin bracing himself and getting, getting low. Um, but you saw that you heard the thud and blah blah blah. Obviously, thank God no one was really hurt on the play. But Justin saved a touchdown. You know that was open field one on one. And now Josh Jacobs probably, in his defense, probably should have cut it up and probably would have scored. You know, maybe depending on you know Justin Reed can adjust and break down a little bit better. You know, on if 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 Josh Jacobs adjusted himself and ran, you know, try to cut, but Josh Jacobs looked like he was running towards him because he wanted to run him over. Josh Jacobs looked like he ran, wanted to run him over. So that that was there was a collision, and Justin Reed saved a fucking touchdown. That's that's what I'm fucking talking about. Did what he was supposed to do, preventing the defense from um, preventing the offense from getting into the end zone. Um. I, you know, outside of like, you know, Chris Jones and, you know, Frank, Frank showed some flash before he went out, you know, obviously with his stomach issues, you know, he was showing some pressure, QB hits, I, you know, we, we probably could have seen maybe a sack out of him, a full sack out of him tonight. Uh, Carl Loftus, still not a sack yet. He's going to get it. There was a play where he got washed and he got blown up. He got pancaked like a motherfucker. But, you know, it, it was it, for the most part, he was he was getting he was pressuring car. He was he was getting in cars grill and making car very uncomfortable. Um, our interior pressure is very good. Uh, still just want more out of the edges. Dunlap Dunlap, you know, was, you know, showed some flash. 
into the game. Obviously, we lost Turk. That sucked. Um, Colin, Colin Saunders was all over the field. Um, Malik Herring was in the game. Malik Herring was playing. Um, that was good. Saw a little bit more flash out of him as far as some snaps goes. And yeah, it it was a good. It was it was an overall. It was an overall. You know, if you wanted thriller, you got it. If you wanted controversy, you got it. You wanted madness, you got it. And like I said earlier, you know that that crowd, that that loud roaring crowd, made Carl Schaefer's so fucking nervous that his voice was cracking. His voice was cracking, and again, his anxiety was high as hell. And he couldn't, he couldn't, he couldn't even get plays out because he didn't want to, he didn't want to, or he couldn't even get calls out, uh, normally because he was so nervous of fucking up and, you know, pissing off 70 K, uh, fans. And there was, you know, there's posts that went around and said, Hey, maybe we should, you know, maybe we should jump the refs after this BS. And obviously no one should do that, but yeah, it felt like that, you know, my buddy Justin, my, I had a buddy who was, uh, buddies who were at the game, and they messaged me and said, like, dude, we all, like, we all, I felt like we were all about to storm the field, and it probably felt like that, they, they probably, I mean, I, I almost wonder if the refs felt like that, they almost, they probably felt in fear at that moment, because of how crazy we responded. I mean, you got 70,000 people booing at you, dude. That's embarrassing. That was that that's embarrassing. And I already mentioned that earlier. I'm not trying to get too deep into that, but we had that guy on his feet. We had that guy and he was not trying to make a bogus call more towards in. And like I said on on the hold on the um it benefited us to hold on the uh field goal. But you don't make that call at that time. That screws a team over so much. It does. I they said the last time that that call had ever been made in prime time in a prime time game was back in like 2013 or 2016 or something like that or or you know 2015. It, it, it was one of these earlier years. It was a long time since that had happened and they said it so happened to be the Raiders and Carl Jeffers was refing the game what the irony oh god um but you know what the Raiders are gonna Raider they're always gonna do that obviously the play with Devontae and Hunter Renfro running into each other that's a Raider move right there miscommunication Devontae showed it on the sideline chucked his helmet everywhere and then pushed the guy um but you know you can't really they can't people the narrative can't come out here and say oh well the Kansas City Chiefs aren't really that good. Well, every divisional team is going to play you hard. Yes, you're right. This isn't the same explosive we just do whatever we want with you team anymore. It's not that. I will say with still having Mahomes and Kelsey and Andy Reid here you're still going to win big. You're going to still win by big by points. You're still going to have style points. You're still going to look good and make crazy passes and catches, but you're going to you're going to be more technical. You're going to work the field. You're going to balance and run the ball more. You're going to do things like that. And it's going to put Mahomes in, you know, in great positions. Obviously, he's leading the league in touchdowns and least interceptions. Um, you know, with not a whole lot of, you know, I mean, obviously the first the first game we were throwing a lot of deep balls, uh, but not a whole lot of deep 
deep touchdown throws. Not a lot of them came off short routes. Some yak. Obviously, you had four yesterday to Kelsey into the end zone. So it's just coming from a different perspective, and I think I think when when media starts to figure that out, then they'll be like, okay, okay, well, we what have we been thinking? Has this Chiefs team always been the Chiefs team? It, it, is it Mahomes has always been Mahomes? Well, yes, Mahomes has always been Mahomes. You saw that fucking crazy ass pass he did um, at um, MVS right down the middle. Hell, he was getting wrapped up, and he just fucking just like flung it, like he was looking, like he was looking forward, and just flung it like sideways in front of him, and like you know, he just looked like he was bendy. He just he's a like he's a very very unorthodox type player. This is why PFF has a hard time grading him because he does everything outside the box, but in a hundred percent good way to where it benefits him to where it makes him successful and that's how he trains too with Bobby Stroop and I'm starting to I I love I love the way Bobby Stroop trains him you know they they do a lot of uh uh, abnormal shit um and a lot of certain movements that really really help Patrick out um in his performance when he plays uh Matthew Wright again these kickers Ironically, he now holds the longest field goal ever kicked at Chiefs King, Chiefs uh, um, Arrowhead Stadium, and that and that's crazy to say because he was very very up and down. Those those kicks were like wishy washy, you know. Obviously missed a PAT and missed a field goal, but was negated by you know a, a penalty. Um, and he makes the he makes the sixty he makes the uh, the fifty nine yarder. Which is just crazy to think that he's, you know, made a farther kick than our own freaking kicker right now. Oh, man. But a lot to take away from this game. A lot. There's a lot to take away from this game. No matter what perspective you're trying to look from it, um, we got the dub, you know, against a divisional opponent. And I will take it in any fashion, any place. You know, you you think the Chargers want to be? You think you you think the Chargers want to be four and one? I'm sure they do. You think the Broncos want to be four and one? I'm sure they do. Obviously, I I'm sure the Raiders would love to be four and one, but they're not. And that there's a difference when you have a team that's been there before and they know what they're doing and they've always known what they're doing. That shit never goes away. You can take away one dynamic player. But you haven't taken away the nucleus. You haven't taken away the nucleus of this team. And the nucleus is what keeps everything going still. It's going to come from different ways. Um, but it's going to be success. It's going to be success no matter what. The defense, you know, we were obviously a very, very, really, really good run defense. Not last night we weren't, and I would not be surprised if our defensive rankings dropped down a little bit after last night's game, um, especially with giving up, you know, 29 points and, uh, you know, giving up 29 points and then uh, giving up the, uh, you, know, it, you know, and some of those weren't garbage time because obviously they most of their points came in the beginning when they had a quick 17 up on us. Uh, I'm just trying to figure out, is there anything else I need to cover before we get out of here? Um, 
you know, it, 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 I didn't mean for this, you know, this episode to go, you know, super long, but I figured just based off everything that we needed to cover so much, I really haven't seen a lot of sports media, you know, out today to see what the narrative's going out there about. Um, I mean, I've seen some things where they've talked about, obviously, Mahomes' primetime record and this and that. I think a lot of the controversial stuff has been talked about today. And, you know, you saw a lot of defensive players tweeting out last night, and it's frustrating. I, I It is. Um, hopefully the league makes it reviewable, the roughing call. Um, because at the end of the day, you know, we got we to gotta protect everybody. It's not just the quarterback. We got to protect all players. And you, you can't make calls subjectively. They have to be objectively. Well, Cheese Kingdom, I think that's going to go ahead and do it for this episode. I, I don't think there's any more. I don't think there's any more I need to cover from that game. I'm just glad it's over. Uh, we're on to the Buffalo Bills. Um, and uh, I, I don't know if I mentioned this already. Um, Andy Reid did. He did not head directly towards the um, the locker room after the game. He, he, he stayed out there and he, he let those refs have it. And maybe that also had influence on the second half, too, because and here's one thing I, I had listened to today. You know, we're in a we're in a world of sports betting now and how big it is at this point. Um, the league is partners with a lot of sports betting now, and they're making a lot of money. You mean to tell me that you're going to let a ref dictate a play to make a lot of things lose money? I'm not trying to say the NFL is rigged. That's not what I'm saying. I don't think it's rigged. But I'm not going to sit here and act like sports betting does not play an influence on a lot of a lot of things. I'm just not. It's not. It's not like saying that oh refs are paid off. It's just when you have overs and unders and money lines and you and we see that. It, it sometimes you know they have they, I'm not saying they have to it just it plays out that way and you know I would not be surprised if maybe a ref's like ah shit you know it's got to be you know the, they the chief you know Raiders got to cover Raiders got to tr- cover at least by one score and then next thing you know you know now they're only they're uh you know they don't you know they did cover by one score pretty much uh, but still, if they didn't, you know, then whoever betted on that or how they betted that that deal, then you know you obviously would have lost. So, it, 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 and I, and I don't know sports betting to a T. So obviously, what I just said, if someone calls me out and says I'm wrong for it, thank you because at the end of the day, I, I'm not really into betting like that. Hell, I don't even go to gas stations and buy scratchers. That's how much I'm just not into just risking my money. Um, I, I'd be more, I'll gamble any, I will gamble anybody else's money any day of the week. Anybody want to hand me money just to go gamble? I will do that all day for you. Just will not gamble my own money. Just won't do it. Just never been into that. Um, but yeah, you, you just can't, you can't have those things happen. Um, I, I, again, I hope that the, uh, the league really makes a change to this whole rule, um, and they they really start helping defensive players out, you know, as much as they're you know they're trying to help these offensive players out. 
Um, but yeah, all right, Chiefs Kingdom. I think that's going to go ahead and do this for this episode. Again, it was the uh, review or Monday night matchup against the Las Vegas Raiders. And we're on to the Buffalo Bills. So I'm going to go ahead and get a preview on that here in the next coming days. Hope you guys all enjoyed this episode. And with that being said, the connect is always real.